Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. We uh, started two weeks ago looking at our first, our first value. Our first value is this. Number one, we value one family being united in Christ. Amen. And in our church, we believe in respecting, supporting and valuing each other in our thoughts, our words and actions. We honour our leaders, seek to resolve conflict and defend and protect our church against division. Amen. Then last uh, Sunday morning, um, we, we looked at our second value. Our second value is this. Our values are so important because our values determine our behaviour and our behaviour dictates what our culture is. Amen. That's why it's so important we, we understand what our values are. But our second value was, is this, following Christ as disciples, teaching His Word. Amen. So in our church, we are sold out to following Christ and leading others to do the same. We're committed to founding our lives on His Word and daily learning more about Jesus and teaching others how to apply His Word to their lives. So this morning, we're going to look at our third one. Come on up if you would. Ian Kennedy's going to be sharing the Word this morning. And I'm um, really looking forward to that. And um, I, uh, I just, we love um, the Kennedy family. We love uh, Ian, Suzanne, the whole family. There'd be probably quite a, a, a few new faces in here as well. Um, just Ian has been such a, an instrumental and incredible uh, part of the framework and the fabric of this church. Ian was uh, on staff here as uh, the administrator when the building was being built. And uh, we know how much it's taken to build Sprouts, uh, but couldn't have even begun to think what it must have been like to build this whole building. And Ian was an instrumental part of that. And uh, we just wanted to say, bless you, mate. Thanks for the hard work back then, because we're all enjoying it now. (laughs) All good. Thanks, Shane. Thanks for that. Thanks, uh, Dave, for that as well, that that's a message communion. That was impressive, all that recollection of the wedding, mate. You did watch it? You did? Okay. Nicole, does he subscribe to Woman's Weekly or New Idea? He does. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> There's a prayer line after the service. We'll pray for you, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, like Shane said, we're doing our values uh, at the moment. And this morning, we're doing the value of pursuing the presence of God. And this morning, you saw that in action today, didn't you? You saw that in action this morning, that we are a church that value the presence of God. And we will spend time, like we did this morning, people coming out the front and saying, God, I need you. And that's what we're about in this place. So as a church, we actively seek the presence of God. I mean, you can tell what people value in life by what they spend their time doing. There's a guy down the street from us, and every Friday, he's got three white cars and I'm not a car person. I don't care. They're just getting from A to B. But he washes those things religiously every Friday. And I know that those three cars are of value for him. For me, you see my car. My car is just dirty as. It gets washed by once every six months. And it's covered in steelworks dust. But I love it like that because I don't care. It's just a car. It doesn't have any value to me. Some people, they have dedicate their time because they value health. They, de- they dedicate their time to running or the gym or exercise or eating healthy. So they value their health. Some people, they spend time with family. They just love family. They're posting stuff on social media about their family. And you can tell that's what they value because they're spending time doing that. As a church, we are passionate in our praise and worship 
We're personal in our relationship with Jesus because we spend time doing that. And this morning, we're just going to see a few things about that. So the Bible makes it clear that one of the most important things that God finds in people is that they want to seek to be in His presence. We're told in Psalm 53 that God is looking for those who seek Him. In Hebrews 11.6, it says, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And we're told in James 4.8 that draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. So to pursue the presence of God is to pursue God Himself. So there's four key things I want to go through today. What's significant about God's presence in the Bible? Secondly, we'll look at the concept of what we value in life. And thirdly, which is some key ingredients about pursuing God's presence. And last of all, just what's some practical ways in which we can pursue God's presence. So the first point today, number one, is that the Bible gives us some clues as to what God's presence is like and what's so significant about it. And today I want to focus on a guy called King David. The Psalms are filled with accounts of why David pursued God's presence. We see from King David that pursuing the presence of God was based on his desire for God. So let's turn to Psalm 16. Have I got your Bibles? Psalm 16. It's King David. It says, Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I said to the Lord, You are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods. I will not take part in their sacrifices of blood or even speak their names of their gods. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land, and what a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your holy one to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. In the Psalms, you read about David and you get the feeling that there's a real connection with David and his, and his God. There's a real personal nature about it. King David, you read, it's like his heart is on his sleeve. You read about him and you see his ups and you see his downs. And I get the sense with King David, it wasn't just that God was in a temple behind a curtain. God was with him. Forever when David was in trouble... He knew that God was right beside him. He pursued God. He had a hunger and a desire for God. Verse 8, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. Verse 11, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. I hope one day that I get to meet King David. Just to thank him for the examples that he set in the Bible for us about having that personal relationship with God. He's one of the first, I guess, one of the first forefathers in the Bible that showed us the way that would one be our way of relating to God in that personal relationship. 
There's other Psalms there. Psalm 27.4 says, One thing I've desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. It's thought that this psalm was when was written when uh, King David was fighting with sorry, when David was fighting with King Saul. Psalm 31. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you! You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. You hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them, and you shelter them in your presence, far from accusing tongues. Again, this is when um, David was being persecuted from Saul. Psalm 51, creating me a clean heart, O God, when you are loyal spirit within me, do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. This psalm was written by King David after he'd been visited by Nathan the prophet. We all know why that, that happened after King David had, had uh, sinned with Bathsheba and uh, killed her husband. Psalm 63, O God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your glory and power. For your unfailing love is better than life itself and how I praise you. That psalm was written when David was fleeing from his son, his, his natural born son, Absalom, who was trying to kill him. Psalm 73. Who more in heaven have I but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak. But God remains the strength of my heart. He's mine forever. That was written by a guy called Asaph after the murder of his brother. So we see that David, he is a man that shows us the way that we need to pursue God. We need to pursue his presence. We need to be in that place where, God, you are everything I need. No matter what's happening behind me, no matter what's happening in front of me, my son may be wanting to kill me. The king may want to kill me. But I know that you are with me. You are my shelter. You are my friend. doesn't matter what may come my way. I need you, God. So what do the Psalms say will happen when we diligently seek to draw to God? In Psalm 16, we'll have fullness of joy. In Psalm 91, rest and shelter. In Psalm 34, we will not lack for any good thing. In Psalm 119, we'll be blessed. In Psalm 73, we'll find strength. In Psalm 63, we'll find security. We need to seek the presence of God. For those people that came out the front here this morning, and I was one included, just, God, I need more of you. God, I need more of you. I'm hungry for you. I need you. I'm not satisfied where I'm at the moment with you. And those things just flow from that desire. And from Galatians, we... We read that when we dwell in his presence and allow the Holy Spirit to live in us, I read from Galatians, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. So to pursue the presence of God is to pursue God himself. Pursue Jesus value the cross and dwell in his presence so what are you pursuing today in your life second point in life we pursue what we value let's read from Colossians 1 
Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the reassurance you received when you heard the good news. And the good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. To value God's presence is to value Jesus, the work of the cross, and the Holy Spirit that has been given to us as a result. And it's through Jesus we are able to be in God's presence. Now, we know that's done by grace, isn't it? We know that's only by grace that that happens. There's nothing that we can do to earn that, that original giving of the Spirit to us. But we also, once that happens, we also have got to walk forward and do our bit as well. And we've got to seek God as well. We need to step forward and we need to spend that time, we need to um, dedicate ourselves to, to digging deeper into God. And... I just want to draw an analogy today, and I'm going to ask someone to come up, Dave, if that's all right. And today, I've been in Dave's presence for about an hour and a half now, and we've been in the same room together. He's been sitting down the front, I've been sitting down towards the back there. And so you'd agree we've been in each other's presence today, yeah? But at the moment, we're just, I don't know, 10 metres apart. But we're still in presence, but we're just a bit closer and uh, still okay. We're still in each other's presence? Yeah? Okay. Even closer. How are you going? Good. And uh, it's getting a bit personal now. I'm just seeing all the uh, whiskers inside of his face. And I've never seen his eyes before this close. He's got nice eyes, Rachel. Even closer. Oh, can't handle it. Um, Got some tic tacs down there too, if you want, please. <laughs> nah, I'm just as bad, don't worry. But you can see that you can be in someone's presence in a room, but it's not till you get personal where you really start to notice the detail, the, the things that are unique to someone. Now, I know Dave, I know of him, but I don't really know him. You know, I don't know what makes him tick. I don't know what drives him in life. And one day, maybe, hopefully I will. But it's the same with God. You can be, you can have that initial presence. You can come to church and you can be in the presence. But I want to encourage you today just to get up close and personal. That's... Uh, 
Thanks. Thanks, buddy. I was going to do another analogy where I was going to get my wife, Suzanne, to come up and get close, but unfortunately our son just uh, started throwing up this morning, so she's at home with him, lucky lady. And so uh, I was going to draw an analogy that as, as you're with someone, and as Suzanne and I have been together for 25 years, that you can be up and close to a person and it's not awkward. You know, you, you can just be like this and there's no awkwardness, you're just together and and I want to draw an analogy that's the same with God that as you draw close to him and as you I guess in some regards get comfortable with that not that we ever want to get comfortable in God but I hope you hear what I'm saying that as you become accustomed to that presence of God that it wouldn't be something that's foreign or wouldn't be something that's awkward but it would be something that just becomes so natural to you how personal you get with God is up to you. And we pursue what we value in life. So, in saying that, who would like $5 here this morning? 50 Anyone? $5. All right, Dean, that you come. I haven't got 50 shown, sorry. <laughs> I've been cleaned out, sort of. Okay, five bucks. It's yours. Come get it. Oh! Hang on, hang on. Let's make it harder. Ten bucks. Why'd you give up? You don't really want it, do you? <laughs> right, it's yours. Thanks, mate. <laughs> You're a good man. I'll buy something for sprouts. There you go. You can see that, you know, I couldn't use only 50 cents, you know. Five bucks, yeah, whatever. You know, 50 bucks, yeah, I'll go for a run. <laughs> if something's valuable to you, you'll chase it. If something is worthwhile, you'll seek it. You'll, you'll go for it. You know, some an easy analogy for me, I love sport, you know. And for sport, if you want something, you'll train, you'll eat well, you'll sleep well, and you'll go for it. And you'll get your reward. Same with God. You, you just got to have that desire. So to pursue the presence of God is to pursue God himself. Pursue Jesus, value the cross, dwell in his presence and so my third point today the key ingredients in pursuing God's presence so I want to go back to the Psalms Psalm 63 
Psalm 63. It's one of my favorite psalms. Psalm 63, verse 1. O God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I'll praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feasts. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night, because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. Do you know when Psalm 63 was written? Psalm 63 was written when David's son was trying to kill him. Imagine that. One of your own flesh and blood trying to kill you. But David knew that because of God's loving kindness, he knew that that was better than life itself. That was the reason why David was so motivated to pursue God. The loving kindness of God was better, more meaningful to David than life itself. So people regard life as natural. David regarded God's great love as natural. People enjoy life. David enjoyed God's great love. People value life. David valued God's great love. People want to give life to others. David wanted to give God's great love. So what are some things that David showed were a key to pursuing God's presence? First one, hunger and desire. Verse one, O God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you. Can you get the sense of just, God, I need you. You know, God, God, I need you. First one, hunger and desire. Second one, praise and prayer. In verse 3 and 4, uh, for your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I'll praise you as long as I live. I'll lift up my hands to you in prayer. Second key, praise and prayer. Third key, verse 6, I lie awake thinking of you, meditating you through the night. Uh, to me, that's just a time. You know, he's, he's probably stressed out. And so he's just time. God, I will give you my time right now. You know, you know, might not be awake in the middle of the night, but you've got time. Everyone's got time to meditate on God. We can all set aside time to meditate, to pray, to seek God's presence. And fourthly, humility. Verse 7. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. This was a king, King David. And yet he knew he needed help. He knew he had a dependency on God. He knew that he needed God to be with him by his side. He was humble enough to know his need for God. Verse 8, I cling to you. Your strong right hand, your strong right hand holds me securely. To me, that suggests humility. He is king, but yet he knows he needs God. God's loving kindness is shown to us in Jesus. And as per David in Psalm 63, in the deeper in God we go, the more we realize that he is better than life itself. As the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 3, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. 
Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. And you will be made complete with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So to pursue the presence of God is to pursue God himself. Pursue Jesus, value the cross, and dwell in his presence. And so my fourth and final point. What are some ways we can pursue God's presence? So if you haven't already done so, find out what works for you. Everyone's different. Everyone's got different uh, personalities, different strengths, different ways of relating. And so you'll find that God, you'll, you'll relate to God differently. So I encourage you to work out what works for you. For some, it's prayer. You will just connect with God through prayer. For some, it'll be praise and worship. You'll connect God through the music that you listen to or play. For some, you need to set aside time so there's no distractions. For some, you'll connect God the most when you read your Bible or listen to your Bible. For some, you'll be out going for a bushwalk and you'll have that great connection with God. Or you might be out on the golf course, having a rain of golf. For me, I've had some great times with my Saviour on the golf course, believe it or not. Just me and Him, just connecting. For some, you're out in the surf, having a good surf, and it's just you and the waves and the sharks. <laughs> just having a surf, just being with God, connecting. Or you could be in your car, going for a drive. Or whatever, whatever it is. It's just that finding that place where you know you connect with God. As a church, we actively seek the presence of God. You saw it here this morning. So for us as a church, we are passionate in our praise and worship. We are personal in our relationship with Jesus. As you saw this morning, we rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And I encourage you, that, that just doesn't stop here. That's for us as a people to, every day that we're alive, seek those things. Seek that personal relationship. Seek the Holy Spirit and His moving in your life. Seek the prophetic anointing in your life. And just finally, if I can have the lights turned off. There's times where God's presence or just God himself, you wonder, where have you been? You know? God, where have you been in this situation? It's all good and well when things are, are going well. But sometimes in life, we get thrown a few curveballs. But what I found is that in the darkness, that's when you notice the light the most. If you have the light all the time, sometimes you just take it for granted. But the light shines the greatest in the darkness sometimes. And for so many lives, especially at night, you can turn the lights back on. You only see the stars in the dark, don't you? Sometimes the darkness in our lives 
will produce the greatest stars. The shadows in our life prove that the sun exists. Sometimes we think there's too many shadows. But when I see a shadow, it reminds me there's a sun. And that no matter what shadow is around me at this point in time, there's still a sun. And finally, John chapter 1. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. To pursue the presence of God is to pursue God himself. Pursue Jesus, value the cross, dwell in his presence. Dwell in his presence in the dark times as well. So as the music team comes back up, I just want to recap this morning. The key value, one of our key values as a church is that we pursue the presence of God. We're passionate in our worship. We're personal in our, in our relationship. We seek the moving of the Spirit and we make room for the prophetic anointing. So what is significant about God's presence? There's fullness of joy. There's peace. There's security. There's strength. All the things that we need in life are found in Him. We've looked at what we value is what we pursue. I encourage you today to value God's presence. We've looked at some key ingredients in pursuing God's presence, time, hunger, desire, and finding some ways that we can do that. Would you bow your hands? Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you're here with us today. Lord, we know that we need you. Father, thank you that you are here with us right now. That this morning we have met with God Almighty. That we have been in your presence here this morning. Father, I pray for my church family, Lord. I pray that as we each go our ways this week, I pray that your presence would be with us. But more importantly, Lord, I pray that we would have a hunger, a thirst, and a desire to seek you. That we will be pursuing you, Lord, this week in our own ways. Lord, for those people that are walking through a challenging time at the moment, I thank you that light shines in darkness. I thank you that there is light that no darkness can ever ever Lord expel thank you Father your light never fades I say Lord I ask now Lord Holy Spirit I pray for your presence upon people's life in Jesus name and Lord if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know you God I pray that you'd reveal yourself to them Lord, that you'd show yourself to them. And Lord, as, as people reach out to you here this morning, I thank you that you promise that as we draw near, you, you draw near too. I thank you that it says in your word that as we seek you, we will find you. 
So I pray that as people here this morning seek you, I think that they will find. And they will find the greatest treasure on earth. That's in Jesus. Amen.